Welcome to 7-Minute Opinions. This is part one of our two-part series, The Healthcare Maze, coming from the week's national correspondent, Ryan Cooper. Today, Ryan shares a harrowing allegory for America's hideously complicated healthcare system. Matthew Stewart is 29 years old. He lives in Fort Worth, Texas with his wife, Marie, who is a junior high school teacher. In the before part of this story, Matthew was pursuing his PhD in American history at Texas Christian University. I, I wouldn't say that we were anything other than normal 20-something Americans. Then on September 24, 2016, Matthew got very ill. I woke up. I was very, very sick. It felt like I had like a, an intense flu or something for a while. Um, and so, you know, I just laid around. Um, and then in the middle of the night, I started vomiting blood. I woke Marie up, my wife. We went to an urgent care, and um, they pretty much immediately knew that something was severely wrong. Matthew didn't know it yet, but what he was experiencing was complications from cirrhosis. The varices in his esophagus, basically blood vessels that are under a huge amount of pressure, had burst and were pouring blood into his stomach. They called an ambulance uh, from the urgent care. Uh, the ambulance came and picked me up and took me to what they said was the first available bed, um, which was actually in a hospital that was one block away from my in-network hospital, which at the time I didn't know. And so what, we got to the emergency room, and uh, they gave me a blood transfusion pretty much right away. I would say within a half an hour to an hour I was in surgery. When I woke up from surgery, the first thing I saw, you know, like in the movies where it's like blurry, the surgeon came in and he said, uh, it's very serious, you might not look as sick as you are, um, but you're very sick. A social worker told us that if we were transferred to our in-network hospital, that all of the charges that we had incurred would be retroactively billed as in-network. Um, so they transferred me there. Um, from there, uh, I was home, um, and right around the time I, I started to feel a little more like I could get up and go to the store and, and stuff like that, um, that's when we started getting bills. There was no retroactive in-network billing. Instead, Matthew got separate bills from both hospitals. The bills from his first out-of-network hospital had a sticker price totaling $74,000. Matthew's share, after adjustments, came to about $46,000. The thing is, Matthew was insured. He had a gold plan from the Obamacare exchanges. That's the second best level of plan that you can get. Matthew's health didn't stabilize, and he was soon back at his in-network hospital with an attack of ascites, and back again a week later for a checkup which resulted in two more varices being fixed. Meanwhile, Matthew's in-network hospital bills were growing by the tens of thousands. $2,746.45,588.30. And when you add those to his out-of-network hospital bills, Matthew owes a staggering $63,000. It's like somebody hits you with a bat when you're not looking. Technically, Obamacare does have out-of-pocket limits that would prevent this sort of thing. But there are numerous loopholes that medical providers can and do take advantage of. The biggest is that spending on out-of-network services do not have to apply to out-of-pocket limits. So even if you've reached your out-of-pocket limit, the insurance company is only required to cover in-network care, even if it is an emergency. 
you can fight it, but it really doesn't make financial or logical sense to do so. So uh, at that point, I mean, we pretty much just decided that bankruptcy was really the only option. The 2005 bankruptcy reform bill restricts Chapter 7 bankruptcy, Matthew's best bet. In Texas, the income limit for a family of two is just slightly below what Matthew and his wife make. So now that he's withdrawn from school, they should drop below that limit. Meanwhile, he's also waiting to be approved for disability. But even if Matthew can somehow jump through those hoops, he's still not in the clear. So what we ended up doing, and really what our only option was, was uh, there is a hepatologist on my wife's employer insurance, which is um, essentially a liver specialist. But our insurance premium is now over $1,000 a month. And I called to schedule uh, my next checkup procedure, and the upfront cost for that was $1,523.04, and that does not even factor in the post-surgery bill. We've paid uh, two months of premiums at $1,000 now, and it's really at the point where we're not sure how long we can do that and still afford to pay our mortgage. If Matthew could just get approved for disability, it would go a long way towards covering the cost of the premium, but he's still waiting on that approval. At some point in the next few years, Matthew's liver will almost certainly give out. But because transplants are largely restricted to people whose livers are closer to failure, Matthew will have to wait until his liver has degraded even further before he can qualify for a transplant. I could wake up tomorrow and and just be deathly sick. So, Marie and I... uh, Um, sorry, give me a sec. Seeing her, uh, worry and, um, just the, uh, pain it's caused her has been, uh, very hard, so, yeah. From Matthew's perspective, his insurance was reasonably good for prescriptions and routine care. But when it came to serious illness, when he really needed it most, it basically didn't exist. I don't want to say I'm mad, but I'm kind of mad, you know? Like, I just... We're not bad people. We don't do extravagant stuff. I don't think that we've made a lot of bad decisions in terms of getting us to where we are. People should think about how many catastrophes it would take to undo the security in their life. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Check out part two of this series, The Healthcare Maze, where Ryan Cooper shows how easily healthcare can be fixed 